0: Welcome to Real World Enterprise Architecture. My name is Reggie. I make my living as an enterprise architect for a multinational corporation. And on this podcast, I discuss the practical ins and outs of enterprise architecture in the real world. In this episode, I want to wrap up my three-part series on the three cornerstones of enterprise architecture. So in the last two episodes i covered alignment that is aligning the business of the enterprise with the technology that supports it which is really the essential purpose for all of enterprise architecture and guidance where i talked about how to use the seven guiding mechanisms to achieve enterprise alignment in this episode i want to cover the last of the three cornerstones and that is explanation now at the risk of sounding cliche and i mean really cliche here You've probably heard the saying that this thing or that thing is intuitively obvious to the casual observer well after more than 30 years of working in the real world i'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as a casual observer and even if there were there's nothing about the architecture of an enterprise that is at the least bit intuitively obvious if we want people to understand something we have to explain it to them in a way that helps them understand it look an enterprise is not an airplane or a house or a car It's not going to be assembled from a set of detailed specifications by a professional assembler, much less automatically built from those specifications by, I don't know, say a robot. Sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that we can build the factories that we use to build products in the same way we build the products themselves, in some sort of automated fashion, from a detailed set of instructions on some sort of assembly line. If we are producing a product, the people who design that product speak a very detailed and specific language. They communicate in a very detailed and specific way. And the people who produce those products understand that kind of communication. Let's take the production of an aircraft, for example. The people who design the aircraft use sophisticated 3D modeling tools, and they produce a series of detailed digital models, not just for the design of the aircraft, but also for the production process, which the production personnel on the factory floor use to assemble the aircraft. Design engineers, production engineers, factory workers, they all use these detailed models to produce the aircraft. It's a very linear process. You can't build an enterprise that way. In fact, you don't really build an enterprise at all. An enterprise is a living, breathing organism that is shifting and adjusting every single hour of every single day. Hundreds or thousands or even tens of thousands of people are the system. What they do and how they do it determines how the enterprise behaves, how the enterprise performs. And that, of course, is where guidance comes in. I talked about that in the last episode. Now, we might use tools or models or detailed languages to come up with the guidance. In the last episode, I talked about seven different kinds of guidance mechanisms we use as enterprise architects. But in the end, the guidance needs to be explained. And that's what I want to talk about next. I was at a conference maybe a couple years ago, so that would be like, I don't know, 2018, and one of the speakers was discussing how he led his team through developing an enterprise architecture. And if you've listened to even a couple episodes of this podcast, you can probably see my problem with where the speaker was going. Now, granted this particular speaker was a consultant, so he and his team make their living by going into an enterprise and creating an architecture for the enterprise to use, which for me is a pretty big problem. Now look i don't want you to think i'm against using consultants because i'm really not really i just don't think consultants can come into an enterprise lay out an enterprise architecture for that enterprise and and leave and expect that to be used because not long after the consultants are gone so is their guidance the fact is there's a lot consultants can do to help with enterprise architecture but it's not coming up with the enterprise architecture itself Anyway, the speaker was explaining how he only let his team use architecture models because, in his opinion, that was the only effective way to reuse or or modify the architecture in the future. Well, I don't agree with that. And it also presumes that the most important thing about the architecture is its reuse, and I don't agree with that either. The most important thing about the architecture is its ability to guide and align. And if the people who need to understand the architecture can't understand the model, then the model is of very limited use and most models uh, are not intuitively obvious at all what we need to do is explain the architecture explain it to the people in the enterprise who are responsible for making it work and just how do we go about doing that how should we be explaining the architecture i want to back up just a little maybe and talk about the appropriate use of models because uh, i know i might seem like a broken record on this topic and, and maybe to some of you perhaps Uh, a lot of you. I might seem terribly old school and unenlightened, but I've seen an awful lot of enterprise architecture efforts fail because of the way they use modeling. It's not that the modeling is bad. In fact, modeling is very good when it's used appropriately. Imagine being told that uh, forks are used to eat with. So you get a bowl of soup. You try to eat that soup with a fork. It doesn't work. And then you declare forks simply don't work for eating or finding that a spoon works well for soup and deciding, well, it should be used for everything. There is a reason why we use forks and knives and spoons to eat with, and modeling tools are no different. They're not silver bullets for enterprise architects, not any more than portfolio management tools or road mapping tools or silver bullets. As an enterprise architect, you've got to have a well-rounded toolkit and you've got to know how to use it. Enterprise architecture tools, modeling tools, portfolio management tools, road mapping tools. I'd even extend this to dashboards because uh, sometimes they factor into the mix as tools as well. These tools can be good for analysis and they might, and I really want to emphasize the word might here, they might be good for communicating with the right audience. And that brings us to the most important point regarding the explanation of the architecture. You need to explain like i said the enterprise architecture which is in the form of guidance some combination of the seven guiding mechanisms we talked about in the last episode needs to be explained and before we can do that we need to ask ourselves what the people in the enterprise need to understand secondly you have to think about who your audience is as soon as we understand what needs to be explained we need to think about who the audience is that will be consuming that information And in many cases, uh, it's a very diverse audience, but regardless, we need to define who they are and what they need to understand about the enterprise. And third, you gotta meet the audience where they are. Like I said, we're generally dealing with a diverse audience with a very diverse set of backgrounds and diverse needs, and it's critical to meet them where they are. Some of them will be very comfortable consuming models or portfolios or roadmaps directly from the tools. Some will need more of a narrative, and some will need illustrations or infographic type media. Some are more comfortable consuming written content, and others might be a lot more comfortable with video or audio. I've heard a term a lot in my company, and in fact, across the entire industry, and maybe you've heard the term, and that is PowerPoint engineering. It's typically a pejorative term meant to express disdain for architects or engineers that do their designs primarily using PowerPoint. I understand this uh, to a degree, especially when we see designs represented in PowerPoint or Visio or Keynote or Word or anything else for that matter in which we simply draw pictures or write text rather than actually designing solutions. But hey, I could say the same for architecture modeling tools. If you spend any time with them, you've seen that too, or any tool for that matter. A tool can't tell the difference between a good architect and a bad one. How we communicate the architecture should not be confused with how we architect. In other words, we need to use guidance mechanisms to align the architecture and we need to use the appropriate mode of communication to explain the guidance. A best practice, at least one that I've found, is to use a multifaceted approach to explaining the enterprise architecture. Sometimes. We've got to explain the architecture to other architects. In many cases, architecture models and detailed diagrams will be just fine, depending on how familiar these architects are with what's being explained. We need to explain the architecture to application developers. Now, developers come in lots of different shapes and sizes. Some will probably be trained software engineers, and they can probably consume the model-based information perfectly fine. But many will simply be programmers, so the explanation needs to be adjusted accordingly. We need to explain the architecture to business users when i say business users in this context i mean that in a very general sense that is the users of the technologies uh, that support the business like developers business users come in all shapes and sizes some more technical some not very technical at all but in general the information needs to be weighted toward how the technology will be used how it will meet the needs of the business users what's in it for them We need to explain the architecture to executives. Executives need to understand why the architecture change is necessary and what it will do for them. That's usually the conversation we're having with executives. That is, they need to understand the business value of the architecture. And we have to explain the architecture to suppliers, customers, and partners. They need to understand certain aspects of our enterprise in order to work with us. And, oh, by the way, they represent some of the most diverse users. Explanation can't happen unless the explanatory information is accessible, and so information accessibility is crucial. There should be no impediments to finding and consuming the information, and there are two important aspects to eliminating those impediments. First, the information needs to be readily available, easy to find, easy to navigate, and require no or at least minimal extra steps or permissions or approvals. Every time we put up a barrier, even a small one, between the information and and the people that need to understand it, we stand the risk of them not consuming it. We're fickle, you and I, and so are the people we're explaining things to. And in this world of instantly available information, we have little patience for annoyances like information barriers. So just eliminate them, get rid of them, make it easy for people to get the explanations they need. And second, the information needs to be easily consumable. Remember. People aren't just users of the enterprise architecture, they are the enterprise architecture. Sure, there's technology and data, but the people in the enterprise are the essential glue that binds it all together. And they come in all shapes and sizes, with very diverse backgrounds and needs, and we have to meet them where they are. Some of them can easily digest technical diagrams. Others need something that looks closer to a marketing brochure, it just depends. Some of them are very comfortable reading information on a web page, while others might more easily consume the information in audio or video format. Some of them might want to consume the information on their smartphones, others might be more comfortable with a tool of some sort on say a laptop or a desktop computer. The point is, you have to meet them where they are, provide them with information they can easily consume, because if they can't consume the information you're giving them, they can't understand the explanation you're trying to provide, they can't understand the guidance and they can't execute alignment. It's really just that simple. All right, that's it for now. So get out there and have yourself a good day. And remember, people are people, and the world is a messy place. So don't be afraid to get a little dirty.